and welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast, coming from your home field studios. I'm one of your regular co-hosts, Skeeter, and along with me as usual are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Good. Doing good, brother. Howdy. Fellas, I got made fun of for my intro the other day. Uh, somebody's like, every show you just say that, how you doing, or how y'all doing, but it, I think it just naturally started pretty early for me and it just kind of become a habit so oh, if we need to change that up if we need yeah. to change it up let me know but uh let's see we just finished recording our recap episode so here we are sunday recording our preview for lsu we were hoping to be able to have some guests on but schedules and it, nothing really worked out we kind of natural three guys outdoors married you know hunting season we were very pessimistic and thought three days before recording oh let's see if we can get a guest <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah that is true <laughs> maybe maybe it's our fault but anyways <laughs> our tigers are five and oh just as case predicted in the preseason preview uh and lsu you know just as case predicted uh three and two on the season you know case you said uh the year and our tigers our tigers our missouri tigers will be five and oh going into this ball game right oh yeah you know me that was that was totally me i was that guy i was i was drinking the kool-aid i was all in on him no i know i'm the pessimist <laughs> the team i'm the i'm the debbie downer i said no way no way in hell we beat k-state best case scenario we're four and one going in there yeah no that's me well i mean if it was the other way around it'd be like see case knows ball and Colin Skeeter just sunshine pumpers and whatever, man. You could never win. <laughs> Except if you're Brady we all Cook. can't pick the same thing, guys. Be a boring show. Hey. Exactly. Hey. It was good. What? Uh I'm glad I but, I'd rather be in this scenario. <laughs> yes. I'd rather you be wrong than us be wrong doing this show right now. So sure, hey, right. I am happy. Uh but LSU is three and two. Uh, coming off a 55-49 game at Ole Miss. Really good game, really exciting. I flipped over and watched it. Uh, I don't think there's any any surprise to y'all that I root for LSU to lose any chance they get, so I was pretty happy. Uh, but Ole Miss puts up 706 yards of offense. <laughs> Hello. Uh, that is... 39 passing attempts for 389 yards and 49 rushing attempts for 317 yards. So this LSU defense is very Bo Pelini-esque. And I know they're loving it down in the bayou. And this is why I do not like LSU because their fan base is already turning on Mr. Kelly. And two games or what five games into the season of his second season so he's let's see they had 12 games in a bowl so they're at game 18 and they're already running out of town gotta love it Mm, Uh, tragic it's kind of a coin two side of coin there for me because like i really he came in there with that fake new orleans accent and he was doing that whole like 
he went from being like Boston accent and Notre Dame to you know, well, just I'm just a good old Cajun boy down here in New Orleans. Like that was <laughs> like cheese central. So I was hoping they turn on this whole time, but I know what you mean. They this is just kind of their style. They turn on everyone. Yeah. Uh, just recap their season so far. Opening week loss. Then they beat Grambling, Mississippi State, and a close win over Arkansas. And then the loss to Ole Miss. And they're traveling to Columbia uh, here. So their second back to back road games for them. And we get them before Auburn, which is a huge matchup for them here. Uh, annual matchup to LSU. Auburn's a big game. So maybe they're not focused so much on below Mizzou. You know, we're nobody, but. We are the higher-ranked team. We are the undefeated team, and that's my notes. So y'all take it over from here, Adlib. Um, I want to look. I looked at the roster. I was in a tree stand today, and I'll get to that later in the show when you are outdoors. But I was in a tree stand today, and uh, something happened where deer weren't going to be a factor. So I was looking at uh, their their schedule. So like you said, uh, lost to Florida State. Florida State's good. They lost big. And it was one of those games where I believe they were winning. And then Florida State was like, oh, no, this is how you beat this team. And then just waffle stomped them, correct? Like, that's how that happened. So there's that. That shows a little in this inside there. You look at the Grambling game. Grambling is their uh, South Dakota game. They beat the Ever-11 Pants off Grambling. I, you can't take much from that. You can't take much from our South Dakota game. It's because we were still trying to figure stuff out. Then you look at Mississippi State. They had a big win there. Okay, but. How big is that? I'm going to go on the record and say this right now. Mississippi State is better is is worse than Vanderbilt. Mississippi State is the worst team in the SEC right now, and I know like that. Like Cole's giving me a face, like no duh, but multiple very well respected SEC podcasts that we're fans of do not agree, and they've got Mississippi State spot or two spots above Vanderbilt. Um, so I I think that's basically your Vandy game right there. And then you go to Arkansas. They had a tight win over Arkansas. Guys, what do we know about Arkansas this year? We know they're struggling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who said that? I love it. (laughs) Um, And when Arkansas played them tight, we thought maybe Arkansas wasn't the way back up. BYU was a mistake. They're coming back. No, they just played versus A&M. And A&M, who was also having a kind of rocky season, took them to the woodshed. Uh, I think playing Arkansas's level – might have been more who they are than what we thought they were going to be. Uh, now, I'm not saying that to say we're going to roll LSU. I'm saying this more or less to – what am I trying to say? Go back to what my previous prediction was, that I thought LSU was this national contender, was going to win the West outright. Because that was my prediction going into this season. I had LSU winning the West. They're not winning the West, obviously. But also, they're a lot more vulnerable than we ever thought they would be. So that's why that's why I bring the schedule up is it does show a lot of what this game has become, not what it was. That was very well put, Case. All of those <laughs> things you said, those were very, very well thought out thoughts. I, mine's probably not going to be near that good. It's funny though. In the season preview, I, I always try to go back and listen to what our season preview episode said because I'm. You know, a father of a newborn child and sleep deprivation and being busy. So I forget what I say sometimes. But I went back and listened, and Skeeter and I had mentioned 
uh, that, you know, might, might be a little bit of fool's gold last year with LSU. You know, they had a pretty good season, won the West, but was, was that out of bounds? I'm, again, not, not trying to call them out uh, right now, at least maybe after Saturday, I'll have a different opinion, but it was a down year. <laughs> Skeeter said that, I mean, but um, Skeeter's very passionate. He's going to get to that later. He is very passionate about this ball game. Here's my thing. They play Florida State, Florida State week one. The very next week, Florida State goes to Boston College and plays a very close one with Boston College. So, you know, we can start the, the circle of suck, you know what I mean, as far as like, oh, who's better, you know, because they beat this program, but then played a tight one in this this game. Here's what I saw last night in the highlights against Ole Miss. Again, very, very good ball game. Jaden Daniels, very good ball player. He is he's a threat all over the field. Even that last play of the game where he's scrambling around, I'm like, is he going to just yeah. find somebody sitting in the back corner? There's one one ball that I think he throws really, really well, and that's the fade. Like one-on-one, man-to-man, corner, fade. I don't I don't know if I know enough yet about our DBs, if that's going to be a strength for them to, to defend, but that's got to be something that they're looking for. Obviously, quarterback containment, respecting the run, you know, death row defense trying to trying to keep that guy contained. So I guess that's just kind of some of my opening thoughts on. on okay. That. I'm fixing to go on a rant here because <laughs> uh, Drinkwitz has his bulletin board material. Get the Luther burden chips, get the whole freaking bag on your shoulder here. In Mizzou Tigers, LSU six and a half point favorite. ESPN score predictor, LSU 70.2, Mizzou 29.8. So they're not even giving us a three out of 10 chance of beating LSU. We are the higher ranked team. We're the undefeated team. We're home field. Come on, Vegas. Uh, over under 62 and a half on a team that just gave up 55 points, over 700 yards last week. Come on. What are we doing here? The disrespect is there. Drinkwitz has that STP mentality going. It's going to be a sold-out, packed furrow. There's going to be a little extra southern draw there because you're going to have Skeeter on the hill and little Skeet Skeets with me, and we're going to be screaming M-I-Z-Z-O-U, and I might even get kicked out of the stadium because the fourth quarter for the game goes like I won, I might start singing neck to LSU. But... (laughs) You know, this mentality of Mizzou who, Mizzou who, you know, like you you reverse these numbers and we just come off a game of giving up 55 points, 700 yards of uh, offense and three and two on the season. Uh, this is a, a 21 point spread, <laughs> you know, like. Come on, what the disrespect? It's there. STP, we got something to prove. And I think the fan base is bought in, and the team's definitely bought in. And so now 
Drake, what's all he's got to do is post this up. LSU don't even have to say a word to the media this week. Like, we got all the ammo we need right here. Like Dude, they need you in the locker room. Do that yeah. pregame speech, bro. We oh, play no. LSU every week. You should narrate the video it. this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I'm not I'm not locker room material because it'll sound like uh, Craig Berube before game seven of the Stanley Cup finals where bleep, it did a bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, it will not be a good example for my kids. But, yeah, I do get pumped up. Uh, LSU, I've got a 16-year-old daughter that if we lose this game, my phone's probably going to get tossed in the Missouri River coming back over to Jeff City because I'm going to be so sick and tired of my family texting me. Uh, maybe I should learn to not run my mouth so much, but, hey, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wired to be rational. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. <laughs> we got to win this one for Skeet. We really we got to win this game for Skeeter. We do. This the if we win this game, the recap will just be gold, absolute gold. We, us three are rushed the field. No one else. We're gonna go straight to jail. But <laughs> yeah, that would not be good. Not be good at all. No, all we gotta really... do is call our wives, and it's I, I believe jail does the video phone now, and it's all recorded, so we can still get our podcast out next week. It'll be okay. <laughs> They probably give us, yeah, they probably give us the audio for that. We're coming to you live from the home field jail sale. From the Boone County, from the Boone County jail. Uh, but I mean, VSN to get fifty percent off your order and get us pay for us pay our bond, bail. Forget that, VSN, just contribute to our bond fund, please and thank you. Does that does that not get y'all pumped up? I mean, six and a half point underdogs. Uh, yeah, you know, over under at sixty two. Like, is LSU gonna be the only one scoring here? I don't know. I don't know where they're getting those I numbers. Am I really with don't. You man, that does seem a bit high, um, especially after their loss last week. But um, man, I, so much of that goes just on name brand alone. You know, they're like oh, LSU yeah. brand's gonna be higher. Uh, hell, I I put money on Ole Miss to win last week, and I won money on that. But um. It might be a good bet to put some money on Mizzou and see what happens. I say that. Don't do that. Don't bet on what hang I say. On, hang on, Case. I'm getting breaking. Inside sources tell us Jaden Daniels will be on campus this week <laughs> to tour Mizzou. Oh, man. <laughs> Go fan club. Official, uh, official visit to Furrow Field. You heard it here first. <laughs> Two years late. Two years late. <laughs> oh, man. is. It's going to be packed, and thank you, K-State. Thank you, K-State people, for coming over from Manhattan and helping us yes. again. Man, I'm salty. I am salty. I like, like it. Skeeter, this is good content. I, mean, I like is, this. This is great. Well, I mean, I usually bite my tongue, and I'm not guaranteeing a win. Like, I don't, I don't want people coming at me next week if we do lose saying, I, I did predict it. I want it with every ounce in me. If we have a punt blocked inside the tackle box, 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage, Skeeter might really be in jail because if I go up there to Como another year and the refs screw us, 
I mean, uh, it might be just time for Bobby this. Boucher if, to come out of me. If we have another play like what happened in the Kentucky game last year, while I'm you're in pro, you're not I'm coming man. back. I'm sorry. You're you cannot not. come back. Yeah, Plain and simple. Left. You go to all the road games you want and let that crap happen. But if for row, you cannot come back. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, 11 a.m. kickoff. I know a lot of fans were upset about that. When you look at the time slots, I'm I'm not so much. Yes, the 7 p.m. ESPN time slots, the probably the prime one we all wanted under the lights. But 11 a.m. as college game day is wrapping up, all across the country, bars, sports bars, restaurants everywhere will have their TVs on. And it's going from college game day straight to Como. So it's going to get a lot of eyes on the on the field. It's a great chance to get our brand exposure that we want. Uh, probably, it's, it's probably our best way to get the most views of any time slot that we have uh, options for Saturday. So college game day. Hey, our Tigers upheld their end of the bargain to get them there. Not our fault. Baton Rouge can uphold their end. Uh, top matchup in SEC uh, this week. And that that's something I wanted to ask y'all real quick, not to get off of ours, but who do you want between Kentucky and Georgia? Um, man, I, my we get Kentucky next week. We're going to Lexington. I don't know why I want Kentucky. Uh, maybe just I want chaos inside me. I think both are going to be a, a fight. I, Kentucky has given us fits forever, and Georgia is Georgia. So it doesn't matter who wins like for us going versus them. But for just shaking up the SEC, I, I want I want Kentucky to win. It's Georgia. I'm sorry. You want Georgia it's to Georgia. win? It's Georgia. I do. I will. I, to be completely honest, I don't care. Really don't. I mean, both. Either way, it, it semi. As long as we take care of business, it's semi bottlenecks the East through either one of those places to which we still have to go to both of them. Um, here's here's the thing about that game, real quick, and then we'll get back to ours. Uh, Devin Leary comes from NC State, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could argue that he's seen a team like Georgia and maybe Clemson, FSU. But Kentucky's not going to run all over Georgia like they did Florida. Not going to happen. And Devin Leary has kind of looked a little – I mean, he was. I think he was 9 for 20. Yeah, he's, he's not been sharp whatsoever. So, yeah. Give me, give me Georgia on that one until I see otherwise. That's all I got on well, that. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I am not. I'm in Missouri. I'm at uh, families. I've got a, a funeral to go to tomorrow, so my internet's not the best. But here, here's the thing. I think if we win and Kentucky wins, college game day will be in Lexington next week. Uh so, which if Georgia's undefeated, we're undefeated. Week nine, we're both eight and zero. They'll probably be there. But you know, they college game day has seemed to want to go and give campuses a spotlight that haven't had it a whole lot. And so, 
you got to think Lexington in football, they're going to want to preview, like shine a little light on them. And so that could be another way to get our our brand exposure out there really good and show everybody like, hey, Mizzou's, Mizzou's making something here. But in order to do that, we've got to do what this team has kept doing, the one and no mentality. I think they kind of learned the hard way. Uh, the Middle Tennessee State, I think they thought they were one and zero before kickoff that week, and it about bit them in the butt. And I think that's got them refocused. Vandy was a great chance to have another overlook like Middle Tennessee State, and they did not let it happen. So I believe we're on the right track. My concern going into this game, Jaden Daniels, his arm does not necessarily scare me. But we have not had to account for a mobile quarterback that's as mobile as him. The Memphis quarterback, the Middle Tennessee quarterback, they both escaped out of the pocket a little bit. Will Howard was kind of running until he banged his knee up, and then he wasn't really much of a threat. But this is the first quarterback that is true dual threat that that we have to worry about. And we're already struggling on assignments here and there and miscommunication so that's something that does make me nervous uh but it's a great chance for our defense to step up and i think they're going to feed off the energy of the crowd so uh the the first five minutes i think will be very instrumental in the game this saturday i totally agree with the defense I mean, this, is, this is a chance for a step up i mentioned in the pre or in the recap of uh, the vandy game i was not impressed with our safeties at all and that gave me a pretty bad gut feeling going into this game because Jaden Daniels can absolutely sling the rock. He can run, too. He is a gunslinger. And they got some studs wide receiver, too. I mean, people, I, I'll be honest, I think when people have said that they are the best receiving court in the SEC than us, if you listen to our last episode, you know I don't agree. But uh, what I'm saying is they can burn some guys. And if our guys play that versus Vanderbilt, we're going to get toasted early and often. So. As Skeeter just said, this is a great opportunity for them to come together, you know, watch that film and get better. And I also think the noise at for a sold out row makes a difference. The energy you give them is huge. Um, man, if this was a night game, I think it would get even more boost to us. But we brought it at 11 a.m. versus KSU. I don't know why we wouldn't bring it at 11 a.m. versus LSU. They'll bring it. They'll bring it for sure. I was one of the uh, many people that were up- upset at the game time, but nothing we can do about it except show up and be loud. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, a couple notes I have on LSU. You, we've already mentioned Daniels multiple times. Very, very talented. Very dangerous threat. But I want to talk about their leading receiver, uh, Malik Neighbors. He is statistically comparing him to others. He is their Luther Burton. Very similar receptions, very similar yards, very similar yards after catch. I mean, their numbers are just about identical. There's another thing that I'm surprised we've gone almost 24 minutes into this podcast and we have not mentioned. And I'm going to bring it up right now. And that's uh, the return of Wingo. No, not Ryan Wingo, Makai Wingo to Mizzou. Uh, For those that may not be aware, uh, Makai Wingo (laughs) told me personally 
NADM. I asked him. I said, "Hey, you're not you're not leaving, are you?" "No, I'm not going anywhere," is what he said. Like a week and a half later, transfer portal, boom. He's at LSU very shortly after Brian Kelly got hired and I guess his high school head coach, Staples coach, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a former high school coach was brought on staff to uh tell us you and he followed him there so yeah that's that's interesting and i believe you know just based off a little bit of twitter interaction that i saw over the summer that some of the guys that stayed on the d-line um aren't aren't too happy about it one being our main leader on the d-line darius robinson so part of me wonders if that's why he also set out vandy not only to get healthy but to make sure that he's 100 percent to to show fully what you know wingo might might be missing out on by uh or what he did miss out on by leaving mizzou so that one's never sat right with me i know there's a bunch of fans that you know listen to this podcast and also are, are on social media that are kind of in the same boat as me that are rubbed the wrong way about the way he left mizzou after i mean they, they poached a, a freshman all-american from us so very upsetting um but all we can do is prove it, prove it otherwise on the field. That's a good point, Cole. I yeah, I would love to just just run the ball down their throat, just <laughs> consistently, just really give it to them. Yep. Try 100%. not to use curse words there. That was hard. Yeah, yeah. Another thing is, <laughs> what's funny too is about the skeeter on your your tangent. The other, you know, ten minutes ago was. Uh, what'd you say the over under was 65 66 62 and a half 62 and a half okay um lsu's averaging 44 points a game yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't know where vegas is gave up 55 yesterday to ole miss yeah 55 Um, they're averaging 353 yards through the air 198 on the ground they're uh i think this is interesting i started doing this when we had joseph on and i'm gonna I guess I'm going to keep doing it. They've uh, they've actually ran the ball more than they've passed it. They've had 180 rushes and 175 pass attempts. So, and then well, I already talked about it, but Daniel throws that fade ball really well. And I think if we can take that out of his pocket, you know, or maybe even create a turnover too, pivotal turnover off of off of one of those attempted fades, I think we might end up being in good shape. So that's. That's most of what I got. Contain their wide receivers. Run it right down Wingo's throat. And uh, contain Daniels. Defense, it's going to be sound assignment. Uh, you're assigned to your gap. You're assigned to your guy. You have – you can't worry about what's going on the rest of the field. You have to stick to your assignment because – they use a lot of motion and a lot of speed, uh, a lot of things to get your eyes in places they weren't supposed to be. And they've got some, <clears throat> they've got some dudes there. Uh, but, you know, one thing I want to piggyback off what you just talked about with Wingo. Uh, he's a fan favorite. He's a team leader for LSU. He's getting the number 18 jersey this year, which I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. That's kind of like our 25 jersey that's handed out each year. So it's, it's you know, team leader. Jacob Hester wore it back in the 
oh four whatever campaign that was that they had national championship in the early two thousands. It's a team leader. It's a player uh, exemplifying certain characteristics that they want, and it's assigned by coaches. So uh, it's a big thing down there for him to to get the eighteen, uh, but also. This game is big for Mizzou in recruiting. You wouldn't, it's not just in general, but Brian Kelly has had success in the St. Louis area. And so him bringing on uh, Steeples, Staples, I may get the coach's name wrong and I apologize, but uh, that was a strategic move. That's to keep that connection to St. Louis kids because he knows what type of athletes that area produces and he wants them down in, in Baton Rouge. And so, you know, it it's massive in that aspect of show Drinkwood stepping up and saying, this is my state. This is my border. Stay out of it. You know, uh, we've, we've got to show that. Uh, I hear clapping in the living room, and I see Case clapping. So the Chiefs Jets game's going on. We just got uh, turned if, over. Okay, uh, <laughs> but it's you know it, it's going to have implication in players yet to come to college on this game Saturday. Uh, who knows? Maybe we can beat Brian Kelly and LSU will fire him. We've got a habit of being the Graham Reaper for coaching careers in the SEC. That'd be wild. They fired him after that, but we've seen weird things, but you make a great point. He does absolutely go after St. Louis. And I have seen a large contingent of St. Louisians um, who are just, I don't know, more proud in the St. Louis fact than they are the Missourians. And they do the whole, and Wingo is kind of one of the leaders, the catalyst of this. It's I'm from St. Louis. I'm not from Missouri. And I feel like Kelly and his staff and is it Steeps, Steeples? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, he's a big part of that as well. He's like the, you know, you're a St. Louisian. You're not a Missourian. You're a St. Louisian. Come down to Louisiana. And you're right. If Drinkwitz can just go ahead and stomp that out and be like, nope, this whole state is Missouri. This is the borders here are Missouri. I think that would be big for us because you're right. Uh, you can't win and some of these guys start seeing that and all of a sudden it's not so enticing to leave the state. Yeah. Uh, I just had a good, really good point to bring up and as quickly as it came to my mind, it just said, Oh, okay. You, you talk about Drinkwitz and you know, I don't feel he feels the pressure of coaching for his job anymore, but I am seeing a maturity in him as a coach and not saying he was immature, but just the seriousness in which he's talking, uh, the way he's talking in the locker room to the team, to the players, seen a big growth in, in drink with this year. And I, I don't think we can understate the importance of bringing Kirby Moore on and freeing that time up from drink <clears throat> and how it's allowing him to grow and lead the team the way it needs to be led. So got to be excited for that in this game. You know, I think it's one he's had circled too. You know, it's, it's big, mighty LSU. And I don't think Drinkwitz has a, has a problem getting a team fired up with 
with hype uh, when it's the big opponents. It's the the smaller schools that we worried about in the past, the Vandys, the Memphises, and all that. But he has shown the ability this year to bring it from the start. Uh, and so I, t- I want to see a quick start from us. Really, I think that's going to be important because the way LSU – gets out of Columbia with a victory is they come out and they hit us in the jaw and it gets the crowd a little bit out of it. And they get one or two stops. And next thing you know, we're, we're in a hole and it can unravel pretty quick when you're talking 18 to 22 year old kids. No, I, I disagree with you. Um, I think you're right. If we don't get out and start battling them, and we don't like we did against KSU. KSU punches in the mouth. We punch them right back in the mouth. The, the big bird and touchdown. Yeah, if they start uh, getting a two score lead on us, it's hard to come back. Um, I don't love our secondary right now, uh, but I know they can absolutely score some points over there in LSU, and it's gonna be hard to come back from that. So you're right. It's got to be tit for tat, just like KSU was. Yeah, for sure. One thing I'm, um, as much as I hate the 11 a.m. kickoff, and that's actually what I'm trying to do now, is find uh, find that stat. <clears throat> excuse me about how many different 11 a.m. kickoffs teams have had within the SEC uh, over the past 11 years, and I believe this is LSU's 11th, or they've only had 11 up to this point. Yeah, 11 a.m. kickoffs. So I know that's a lot of 11s, but they've had What's the least. Not? LSU gets a lot there is because they also get those night games constantly at home. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. At night. Is like the, the fact that they have had so few, I'm not saying, Oh, well, you know, they only have one a year, so they don't know how to prepare for it. No, it's not what I'm saying, but they're so used to traveling um, and, and being at stadium at a certain time. And it's going to be a little chillier. Up here than it is. It's uh, be a good deer weekend. I did very good deer weekend, but uh, it just as much as I hate it from you know tailgating and fans' perspective, it might play into an advantage. Last time they were here, we had an 11 a.m. kickoff and turned out all right. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll take it, I guess. Hey, I get to come up, watch the mm-hmm. game. And sleep in my bed that night, and that's awesome for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So, so uh, you, are you set on tickets? Y'all good to go? I'm calling ticket office in the morning because I called last week and I was told at eight a.m. Monday morning. Right, so I will, go. I will call, or I will have called by Monday morning by the time this show comes out. But uh, the only other thing really I have on this game is just, you know, the the game day atmosphere, Coach Drink and Mike Kelly have kind of honed on this on the coaches show on uh, Tuesday nights about getting to the seats a little bit earlier, setting the tone, setting the atmosphere earlier. Uh, and so – the, the Tiger Walk, they talked about how huge that was in Memphis for them and drink hopes it carries over to home games in Columbia. And, man, if you're able to get there and it, 
you don't, you might not think you matter, but I'm telling you, it, this is a, a wear black, I believe, for the fans. Blackout. And, Finally. And so the players walking into the stadium, and then when they go out to take up warm-ups and they look up in the stands to start seeing thousands of people already there instead of a few hundred, uh, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to set a tone for them. And it's gonna, it's going to help. It's going to help. So that's my only plea there. I get that. Um, they moved Tiger Walk really far away from its old spot, and it's a long walk. So I'm gonna probably just continue drinking uh, with my uh, with my tailgate there. If you would like to join, uh, either one of you or anyone listening, please DM me, and I'll get you the location. Um, but. I, I do with the get there, get in early enough to watch the entire game. This has been kind of um, a long-standing thing from Zoo fans is we like to go to the games. We like to tailgate. We like to get nice and drunk. Um, but sometimes we don't always make it into the game. Uh, and we've got to get better about that. That is our thing. I, don't, I think we attend very well. I think that's not really a thing. We just... Um, we like to get a little wasted in the parking lot and not always make it in. We're alcoholically late rather than yeah. fashionably late. But yeah. think about it. We we haven't had a product right. on the field like what we have right now to want to get in there and, and show out. So uh, <coughs> They'll be in the, there. The other preview, moving on from football, is basketball at the quad Friday night. Uh We've been talking ever since basketball season ended. It's been news and news and news. And, you know, Drinkwitz says, look at me, my undefeated football team, and Dennis Gates is Mizzou hoops. You know, so uh, he's not letting us forget him. It's a great chance to go out and get get to have a fun time. I plan on being there in time if I convince – my other half to, hey, school's not important for the boys as their first Mizzou memory. Let's get them up there Friday for that. So uh, go there, get to see the team, have a fun environment. Uh, it's laid back, but also setting a tone for a season that I think that another stepping stone uh, for for what's to come there. And I, I believe it involves a women's basketball team, too, as well, right? Yep. Okay, so that's Friday. Not a, I don't really have a time for that. It seemed like it was nighttime. It happened last year. Yeah, I, wanna, I think it's like 7, I want to say. Okay. They'll, I'm sure they'll tweet out some stuff and put stuff out on social media this week. So, And we'll share it on – I'm sure we'll share it on all our platforms as well. Okay. Uh, just a little fun basketball thing popped in my head here. Uh, basketball dunking competition among the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm guessing, uh, Cole, you you were kind of athletic. Yeah, you were right? QB back in the day, uh, option quarterback. So, could you touch rim? Mm-hmm. Could you okay. get it in the cylinder? Uh, with the women's ball, I could. Um, I could jump up and grab the rim with two hands, but small yeah. hands. No, I small got small hands. <laughs> <laughs> I got big hands. I just couldn't get it. I couldn't get that high up over the roof. So, okay. Yeah. 
I touched the rubber of the bottom of the backboard. That was a lot for, <laughs> hey, 18 year old driver's license, five foot four, 125 pounds. So uh, I'm small now, but I was really small then. Uh, Case, you're standing flat footed, put your 10 foot long arms up, and you're probably touching the backboard where yeah, I, I was. I have given zero my all. I could, I could touch the rim just because I'm already majority of the way there starting starting off yeah you're one of the guys that can stand under it reach up and grab the net and just yep hang on the net so yeah maybe we'll have to get one of those like little kids trampolines like i got my daughter has a little tykes trampoline let's have a dunk contest bounce on it or oh skeeter i'm this is just riffing right now mizzou plays seton hall in kansas city this year kansas city has the college basketball hall of fame which is an interactive hall of fame. And they've got like dunking rims set at like every level. <laughs> get all get the team in to get the boys in there. Get all three of us. And we just uh we re- live live record us a dunk contest on the on the short rims. Yeah, there you go. Well, Have a good time. As long as I can still get in and out my heavy equipment with crutches, I'll go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so we, we talk about this cold front coming in deer season. It's been another hot one down here. I'm sure it was just as hot, uh, yep. up there with y'all. Yeah. Uh, humidity made it high this evening down where I'm at. I really noticed mosquitoes, a, a few here and there, but tonight down here in Southwest Missouri, there were some freaking hawks flying around as mosquitoes, you know, kind of worried about kids starting to be carried off to nest and, you know, like <laughs> meal to go. But, uh, man, that colder weather, then things will start going away a little bit. Uh, ticks. That's one thing. Another reason I don't like hunting, uh, when it's this hot deer generally got ticks on them, uh, when you're still in the nineties. And so, Let's get this colder air in there, get the nasty side of Mother Nature out of the way. And, uh, hey, when it's this – is, this is how I judge it now. I look at the forecast, and I say, will Brett Sarver be sweating from the time he leaves his vehicle till he goes in the house? If it's a no, the deer will probably be moving. <laughs> it's a pretty solid uh... – that's a pretty solid measuring stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Brett, but uh, man, how how bad it is? I mean, we're all hunters. We all have a great passion for hunting, but but eleven a.m. kickoff with the chance to go six and zero and knock off LSU Tigers, like. Are you even disappointed you're not going to be hunting when you think about what no, you're I'm missing hunting bit, for? I'm a little bit. Because if it was a 6 o'clock kickoff, I could do both. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could. You'd be beat um, feet to Columbia, but you could do both. So, yeah, I'm a little bummed out. And am I crazy? Or is there a rifle uh, there is. this weekend? There so, is. Right, that's, it, there's a lot going on this weekend. I'm going to be at Mizzou. Don't worry. Don't. Go at me, guys. Um, but 
yeah, it's it's just gonna be the best the, the first cold front, and I do love that weekend, so it's it's a bummer. I mean, they got Sunday morning and check hey, it out. There's public land in Co- Como, so you, you could skip out a little bit of tailgating, go hunt oh, in Como, and yeah, sorry, a fight with our hunters. Uh, I'm a public, I'm a private only hunter, so I'm not. This this boy ain't ain't, ain't not built for that. <laughs> oh, My stand stays now. up all year round. I don't. <laughs> I just changed the straps, call it good. Um, I went out you, this morning, actually. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Skeet. I was going to say, do you even need a stand when you're that high off the ground? You know, <laughs> okay, that's actually a fun point. that I recorded a video I was going to put on our Instagram, but it, I didn't ever do a follow-up, so it was pointless because I'm stupid. Uh, I've got this, this spot in my farm where I just get a ton of deer. They come up from a cornfield, and they go down to the bottoms. And they cross right here, right here, right here. Well, the trees are low. We're talking like um, we're talking like a 10-foot tree cover. You know what I mean? So the highest you can go with the tree is 10 feet. So I threw a tree stand probably 8 feet up there. And when I'm tall enough for us to 8 feet, I literally just put the tree stand as high as I could. Stood up on my tippy toes. And I just threw a cord around it, get the stay, and then I got up there and, you know, cinched it in and got it safe. So this tree stand is 8 feet in the air. At most, so I'm standing there with my bow, and I don't stand. I, I stand. I don't sit. I stand the whole time. Well, Skeeter, I'm six foot six, so now I'm another six feet up here. You know, when I'm I'm aiming down on them, and I, I noticed that nothing really bothers me. Or nothing really sniffs me out up there because I'm so high up where I am that they don't notice that I'm standing only eight feet in the air. So you're kind of right. You're, you're kind of correct on that. It's a very low hanging stand you're eight foot off the ground and you're hanging the stand while you're standing on the ground meanwhile i'm packing two sticks <laughs> for me to to get a climber or a lock on uh above eight foot off the ground there uh, so. screwed in three of those little cheap you know screwing steps from walmart and just boop, 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 right <laughs> Man, must be nice. But you know what? Uh, While you're 10 degrees cooler up there, me and Cole will keep it close to the ground and (laughs) maybe see what else is moving around. I don't hunt that high anyway, man. Like, I'd say absolute highest I get is 15 feet, maybe, if that. Um, I usually do... I got two, I have a set of three, of course, but I usually only use two Hawk Helium sticks. And then I custom made my own aider, my 550 cord aider to the bottom of them to give me an extra like 18 inches. So I'd take two steps or two sticks and uh, hang on in there. And that can get me, and I usually try and pick a tree that has a couple horizontal branches or nooks and crannies I can climb up as well and give me some additional height if I need it, but I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that hangs, you know, 25, 30 feet in the air. I'm like, forget that, man. I'm not doing that. It makes your shot angle all weird. And... It, it really does. That's a good point. Uh, I have one stand. It's 25 feet that I didn't hang. I just kind of inherited it. Um, a guy put it on my land and then told him to kick rocks, but it's that high in there. Uh, yeah, I sat in, I've never shot anything from, I've sat in a few times and you're right. Shot angle's weird and call me 
scared of cat. It's just it's just a little a little too high in the air for me. It just it just seems a little unstable up there. Yeah. You know Get what I mean? Twenty five feet in the air. Yeah. No, I, I finally just this past week got all my got all my stands out. <laughs> got them all hung up. Um good buddy of mine helped me with that. We hunt the same property, so we're just uh we're just waiting on a good cold front that doesn't happen to fall on one of the biggest games of the year. Um, yep. He's actually not even going to the game nor the stand, so I don't know what he's doing. But anyway, that uh, that's neither here nor there. I might Cole. get out. Go ahead. I was gonna I was gonna say with the new uh, clock rules and everything, uh, eleven a.m. kickoff, you possibly could sneak out for an evening hunt. I yeah, could. My wife wouldn't kill him for not having the being there with the kids. Well, yeah. she's going to she's going to the game with me, so. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're just. We're in a pickle for childcare, so we're trying to figure that out before Saturday. But because everybody wants to go to this game, so all of our normal people that would help us with childcare are going to be there. So we might be bringing the kids. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, I might go out Thursday or Friday morning. It's weird. This time last year, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I already had uh, already had two does in the freezer. So. It's a little weird not having been out at all this year, but it's also been pretty warm. So you were on a heat, a hot streak last year. I was on a tear. Not even gonna lie. But if I was a a poacher, if I was a legal man, I'd have one in the freezer right now too. But (laughs) I'm not. That's all right. Um, I guess I I have been out once. I took my daughter. So yeah, and we could have taken that doe, but decided not to. So. No, but I might take one. Uh, I might go out Thursday or Friday uh, if I got to look at the temps. If it's going to be too hot, might try and go before work and if I can get it hung up. But we'll see. We got okay. we got season. I, w- I want to ask you all real quick. I have my opinion of this, but I did see an article, uh, the headline of it. I did not click on it and read it to see because it's all opinion based. I don't think there's actual stats to back this up, but early season, warm weather hunts, morning or evening hunt for more deer movement. For me, I think morning because it's the coolest part of the day. The deer are up moving. Uh, you catch them headed to their bedding area after they've been up feeding and moving around all night to where evening is still pretty warm. Uh, and so I don't know that they're up moving right at dusk, in my opinion. What What's y'all's on that? Personally, for me, uh, and this is anecdotal, it's, it's been evening for me. Same. I I just get a bunch more getting towards dusk, and I just get a lot of movement. Um, let's let me think here. I the last, yeah, the last two deer I've shot have been towards the evening. Um, now I, I'll add this in there. I went hunting this morning. I had a I was in Platte County, Missouri, eight point limit or eight point restriction on antlers. A six point literally walked in thirty yards of me, stood there, uh, looked around. Maybe 10 minutes, he finally found me and then like an idiot just stood there and stared me down. Give me if, if I wanted if I wanted to after he found me, I had time to get the bow off the hanger, pull back and fling one through him. So, I mean, that was in the morning. That was at 735. So it was absolutely that could have been a shot as well. So I'm, I, I get it. There's both. But for me, I've always seen more deer in the evening. Yeah, I see more in the evening, but it's without question you could totally get it done 
on a good buck if you if you've got one patterned or you know you got a good property to me it's all about like access if you're not gonna blow out your you know an ag field or something like that getting into your spot in the morning yeah go for it but if it's of an evening you know you slip through a cut bean field to get into the edge of the timber without getting seen just do whatever's most advantageous to you that's that would be my suggestion See, i hunt all wood like no no field uh which i'm public land and my deer movement uh is is generally morning uh 7 o'clock that's when i'm taking my shot that's when i got my two last year and i was soaked in sweat dragging them out you know warm weather uh the evening hunts unfortunately the deer movement i get on evening hunts nine times out of ten is busting one out when i'm walking in at two thirty, three o'clock or when it's too dark to shoot and i'm walking out i hear a couple snort wheezes you know so uh the just as far as more consistent consistent movement for me it seems to be morning and it i'm sure terrain's got a lot to do with it i am significantly a little further south than y'all uh so i don't know how much of that changes it uh but i just, I just thought that was interesting because i don't know that they i'm sure they can sit there and study one herd of deer but as far as all across the country you're not going to have a solid proof answer on that so i didn't, I didn't read it but Absolutely. i did think it was a, i did think it was a good talking point question yeah and i yeah, killed that's a great question i i, I killed the uh, first buck of the year last year was in the evening and the second one was at like 10 30 in the morning so which i went I, the second one i slipped out to the stand after i dropped my daughter off uh to school and before i went to work so i was like i got a couple hours i'm just it's november 17th i'm gonna go sit in the tree stand and rattled one up to eight yards so yeah well, that's a good point though i mean people people think if you don't get there before dawn or get there before dusk you're wasting your time if you've got time and you're good to go get in that stand go hunt. uh my my daughter was born. I had no time to hunt. It was the least I ever hunted in my life. But I, I remember it was a Saturday, and I get up, get help get the baby ready, and I talk to my wife, and I go, hey, can I just get out for like a couple hours? I go out there. I sit there for an hour, and what do you know, behind my stand, eight-point buck comes walking right by. Boom. It was rifle season. Boom. Down. You know, we're going. We're getting We're getting. We're getting cut up. So, like, it does not – if you've got the time, get in your stand because they're going to be moving around at some point. I get there's more times are advantageous to them moving. But get in that stand if you got any time. That's my biggest tip to anyone is you can't shoot them from your couch. Guess what? That deer don't have a watch. It doesn't have an iPhone and say, oh, dang it. I spent five minutes too long eating acorns. I'm just going to bed right here. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, uh, they're free roaming about animal and there are things a coyote can come in and get them up and moving at a certain time of day that they were bed down or something, you know, so you never know. Uh, I know we got to finish this up cause we're getting close to an hour and we're trying to keep this under an hour doing two episodes a week, but, uh, shell knob, Missouri, which thank you, Cole. 
is just outside Branson. Uh, but a guy, I don't have his name down. I don't have, I'm just going off memory here. Shoots an 18 point gnarly looking rack. Uh, he goes to field dress it with his buddies and realizes this buck is missing some important uh, equipment there. So uh, 18 point doe out of South Missouri this year. One of the neatest schools or one of the neatest kills in all of the country, let alone the state. Yeah, that one was, uh, I forget the scientific term for what what that genetic defect is for. I'm biting you know. my tongue because I will get myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Please don't. We don't need any of that. Um, it's not what you think. But anyway, yeah, pretty. that's pretty incredible. The fact that somebody was able to, you know, harvest not only an 18 point, but the fact that the doe was able to, get that and for people that maybe or if you're still listening at this point and you've never heard this essentially it's a genetic defect within the deer that the um reproductive organs of the critter don't quite fully develop and uh, is my understanding uh, and reach uh, sexual maturity and so they kind of got a melting pot of both and so the the does don't, uh, they're not able to reproduce, but the, they're also a buck that's not able to reproduce. So they're a doe, but they grow gnarly antlers and they never, the testosterone never increases. So the velvet never sheds. It's a really, really complicated thing, but it's an anomaly. So the fact that this hunter was able to harvest that is pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. So that's all I got. I'm glad you explained it because of my explanation. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh. I was get in trouble if I said. Yeah, you would have got us flagged on Twitter or something Cole, like that. Get it done. Well, when when we go to publish these episodes, it says, "Does it have explicit content?" If I explain that, I would have to say yes. So thank you, Cole. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff. Show up, be loud, be proud. Uh, another week in the books here. And for Case Cole Skeeter, M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Y'all take care. We'll see you Saturday.